This call is being recorded. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is JC. Good morning, JC. This is Pam. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. Can you hear me okay, Pam? Yes, I can hear you fine. Okay, good. Thank you so much. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is JC. Who's on the line? Good morning, JC. It's Barbara. Hey, Barbara. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday to you as well. Anyone else join? Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is JC. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Happy Saturday. Did anyone else join like to say good morning? Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is JC. Happy Saturday. Good morning, JC. It's Dondria. Good morning, Dondria. How are you? I'm blessed. Doing well. Fighting a little bug, but God is good. Amen. Feel better, sweetheart. Anyone else? Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Happy Saturday. This is JC. Good morning, JC. It's Susie. Hey, sweet Susie. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good, good, good. You ready for Christmas? Ah. <laughs> that part. <laughs> well, the good part is I'm visiting my grandkids, so. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. I'll be in cold California, so yes, I'm ready. <laughs> what part of California? Oh, Bay Area, Oakland. Oh man, I'm. I wish you were heading my way. I'd love to see you. <laughs> one day, one day, sweetie. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Stacy. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Good morning. This is Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Anyone happy else? Saturday. This is Mona. Happy Saturday. Hi, Mona. Happy Saturday. Hey. Happy Saturday. <laughs> Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, family. It's Nikisha. Good morning, Nikisha. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we're going to play you get that voice back now. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to praise him anyhow. <laughs> Amen. 
Amen. <laughs> Anyone else? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Stacey. Happy Saturday. Good morning, good morning. Did anyone else join? Like to say good morning or hello? Happy Saturday. This is JC and welcome to Declare Victory. Morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is JC. Anyone else like to say good morning before we get started? Happy Saturday and welcome to Declare Victory. Good morning, good morning. Thank you all for calling in. Happy Saturday. Well, time to move on to the next segment of the call. Before we move forward, we ask you to mute your line so that we can proceed. Hello again. My name is JC, and I'm your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 o'clock a.m., Pacific Standard Time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Be sure to join us daily in December for the monthly theme entitled Vision. You don't want to miss the messages, teachings, lessons, and heart shares that will be brought to you by our wonderful and gifted declarers. There is one announcement today. If you have been blessed by the call and would like to sow into it, Please visit www.declarevictory.org or www.paypal.me forward slash declare victory. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in him. The order of the call is prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Barbara. The declaration will be brought by Lisa. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the declare. Once again, order of the call is prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Barbara. The declaration will be brought by Lisa. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the declare. The scripture for today is Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask you to put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to the prayer warrior, warrior, Barbara. Have a blessed day, all. Good morning, Heavenly Father. 
Most gracious Heavenly Father, we invite you to this call this morning, Lord Jesus. We thank you for allowing us to wake up and see another day, Lord. We thank you for our topic of uh, visions, Lord Jesus. I lift Lisa up to you this morning, Lord, just thanking you for her, Lord. Looking forward to the message that she's going to share with us this morning, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just ask you to create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Forgive me of any sins, Father, so that you may be able to hear this prayer this morning, Lord Jesus. Lord, I come with a thankful heart this morning, Lord. Thankful for your grace and your mercy. Thankful for a place to live and food to eat, Lord. It may not be what I want, but it's still food for nourishment, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you for that, Lord. But somebody didn't have anything to eat, Father. I lift those homeless up to you, Lord, asking you to uh, bless them, Lord, and allow them to find somewhere to live, Lord Jesus. Lord, I come with any spoken requests, Lord, those that were unspoken, Lord. You know what we need before we even ask for it, Father. I just ask you to lead us where we are, Lord Jesus, and help us to be better, Lord. Be more loving. Be more caring. Be more kind, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just lift the DV family up to you, Lord. I lift up our needs to you, Lord. I lift up our health to you, Lord. You are our Jehovah Rapha, Lord. You are our healer, Lord Jesus. We know that you're a doctor that has never lost the case, Lord Jesus. I ask you to lift up those that are looking for jobs, Lord Jesus. Those that need financial assistance, Lord. Meet them where they are, Lord Jesus. I lift up Krishanda's daughter, Courtney, for protection, Lord Jesus. I lift up Winona and Joe Fee family, Lord Jesus. I thank you for our marriages, Lord Jesus. Touch each couple in a special way, Lord. Bond them together as never before, Lord. I lift those that are single, Lord Jesus. Those that wish to be married, Lord. Prepare our minds and hearts for marriage, Lord. I just thank you, Father, and allow us to wait on the one that you send to us, Lord Jesus. I lift up our children to you, Lord, and our young people, Lord. Our families. And our unsaved loved ones, Lord. Make it so difficult to they, they have to come running, asking, what may they do to know you, Lord, or to live for you, Lord Jesus. Others of our coworkers and our neighbors to you, Lord. And our friends and our enemies, Lord Jesus. We just ask you to bless us only you can bless, Lord. I lift our pastors up to you, all those pastors that are dedicated to this line, Lord Jesus. We thank you for them, Lord, and we ask you to continue to bless and anoint them, Lord Jesus. I lift up our churches, Lord, both locally and across the world, Father. I lift up each of our cities to you, Lord, thanking you for our mayors and our uh, local legislation, Lord Jesus. I lift our president up to you, Lord, asking you to continue to uh, touch him in a special way, Lord, and help him to know how to lead this country, Lord, and help us to do our part, Lord Jesus. I lift all of our government officials to you, Lord. I lift up our military and our veterans to you, Lord, thanking you for them, Father, thanking you for 
how they protect us, Lord Jesus. Lord, I just ask that we take our phones off of mute and continue to praise the Lord and thanking him for allowing us to wake up and see another day and allowing us to have new mercy every day, Lord Jesus. Father, your word says, when we sit in Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We worship you this morning, Lord. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for this morning. Have your way, Holy Spirit. We thank you. We honor you. We worship you, Lord. We lift you on high, Lord. We love you, Lord. We look forward to the word that comes before us for victory, Lord. We thank you for the Declare Victory family, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for having your way. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your power. Thank you for sound mind, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this beautiful morning. Thank you for family, Lord. Thank you for friends, Lord. Thank you for health. Thank you for strength, Lord. Thank you for doctors, Lord. Thank you for hope, Lord. Thank you for salvation, Lord. Thank you for mercy, Lord. Thank you for goodness, Lord. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for forgiveness, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you, God. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There is no one to be seeking the Lord Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Bless your name, Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, God. We thank you. Yes, Lord, we worship you. Thank you. Have your way in this place, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We invite you into this place, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you. We look for you. We look to you. We look to you, Lord. We look to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The future for our families, God. For us today, God, we thank you. Thank you. 
not to promise. You're a God that shall not rely, Lord Thank Jesus. you, Jesus. Bless your holy name, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise you this morning. Thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you for your guidance, Lord Jesus. Lord, your word says if there's anyone that lacks wisdom, we should ask you. You who give generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you, Lord. We thank you this morning, Lord. We praise you this morning, Lord. We thank you for your mercy and love and grace, Lord Jesus. You give us new mercy every day, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being there for us, Lord. Thank you for not turning your back on us as we turn our back on you at times. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for who you are, Lord, and helping us to know whose we are, Lord. Remembering that we belong to you, Lord. You are a part of us, Lord Jesus. We thank you this morning, Lord. We just ask all these things as I pass the call back to Lisa. I asked everyone to put your phones back on mute until asked to take them off of mute as I pass the call to Lisa. Lisa, if you're speaking, we can't hear you, hon. Oh, Father, thank you. Father, we bless you and thank you. And, God, we just lift you up because you are good and you are God. And we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for new beginnings. We thank you for a closing of a decade, a closing of a season, a closing of a time. But, God, we thank you for an expectation that things are new and opening new beginnings and new opportunities, God. We thank you that you are opening up our eyes to see, to not only see the future, God, but to see what's going on around us now so that we can speak life into dead situations. We can lay hold of and seize those things that you have in front of us, God, that we could see what you are doing in the lives of our family, in the lives of our children, in the lives of those that are connected to us, in the lives of those around us, even in the lives of us um, complete strangers, so that we would be able to be used for your glory and honor. So, God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for Declare Victory and everybody attached and associated to it, that you would continue to bless us continue to give us illumination and revelation continue to open up our blinded eyes continue to unstop our deaf ears continue to bind us together in love continue to allow us to be light and salt that you called us to be in this day and time and that we would recognize our position and our role and who we are in you and that we would do every single thing that's written of us in the books that you called for us to do that you claimed and declared and decreed over our lives so that we can complete every single assignment. And God, we just don't want to do it half-heartedly. We want to do it with excellence. We want to do it to the point where you receive glory and honor. We want to do it in a way that makes your name even greater than it is. And we know we can't add to that, but God, we want to do it in a way that honors you. Father, bless 
God, your people, and we bless you. We lift you up and we thank you. I pray, God, that you would speak through me, Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do because I have no words for your people, but you know exactly what we stand in need of. So I pray that you speak to our hearts, God, that you would say something, Holy Spirit, that would encourage your people to keep going, to live better, to do something different, to set our eyes on you, to be um, assured and comforted while we're in this walk. God, I thank you that you that began a good work in us, you shall perform it unto the day of Christ Jesus. And so, God, what we are today does not look like who we shall be. So for that, we say thank you. And we bless you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen again. Good morning, um, DV. <laughs> Declare victory. Um, thank you so much, JC, for hosting um, us. And uh, thank you, Barbara, for leading us into prayer. Not sure about a lot of things. This This format is really quite interesting. Um, but glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, being able to transition and be flexible and change and do some things differently, um, as God gives it to our leader, Dion, and, um, those that are in position to make decisions about the call. Um, it's, it's wonderful if we can just maintain, right, um, to the extent of where we can abide. It's like almost abiding in Christ, just staying with the ship, don't jump ship, but recognizing that God is taking us somewhere. And if you've been on the call, I love this, Ms. D said it a long time ago, if you've been on the call longer than 15 minutes, <laughs> that just stuck with me. If you've been on the call for a while, then you know that we um, are transitioning. We make several transitions, and it's nothing but the grace of God. And think about this, if we weren't making transitions, if we weren't growing in the grace and the knowledge of God, if he wasn't blessing, then we'd be stuck and stagnant. And any time you have water that should be flowing, like rivers of living water that should be flowing and we're stuck and stagnant, then that's when mosquitoes kind of get in. And then you start getting mold and mildew in that water. And then nothing's able to flow in or flow out like a river would. Um, so things begin to die. Right. So um, don't get thrown off by changes in your life. That wasn't part of this, but I believe somebody needs to hear it. Don't get thrown off by some of the changes, right? And be very, very mindful to not grumble and complain, because that's exactly what happened to the children of Israel. They were over in sin in Egypt, which is that's what it represents. And then God delivered them out because they were crying out to de for deliverance. And then when God sent the deliverer um, and got them up out of the place because they were under bondage, a very heavy yoke of bondage, and God delivered them, then they got out in the wilderness and they cried out, you brought us out here to die. We could have stayed where we were, where we were eating cucumbers and salad, right? And God was out there feeding them day by day, taking care of them day by day. Their clothes were not wearing out. They didn't have to replace their stuff. He fed them manna from heaven, and they still complained. We have to be very, very mindful when God is doing something and we may not understand it. This is in life in general about everything. And we don't understand it. The best thing we can do is go to God and ask for him to give us continued direction so that we can be sure that we're following his leading. So last night, God brought this to me um, while I was having a, just a time with him about um, making decisions and not necessarily consulting him. And, and I tell you, when, when I, I, I turned on my Bible to, to listen to it, it came right to the 
part where he was talking about um, you went and made decisions, but you didn't consult me. And, and so now as a result of this, there's something for you you have to go through, right? And so no wonder why Matthew 6 and 33, I'm going to get to the, the vision in just a minute. And Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And so seeking him first is what we absolutely have to do. And I know it seems cliche or sounds cliche as like a cliche, or it may seem hard or impossible, but I believe this becomes easier when we're in um, relationship with God. It's just like praying without ceasing. If you had your girlfriend or a guy friend with you and you were together all the time, sometimes you might be just a little silent or whatever, but anything you're thinking in your head, if you guys are that close or you guys are intentionally getting together for fellowship, you're going to commune and communicate with one another. So that praying without ceasing, this is in my mind, the way I see it. Look, when I see something that's beautiful, I hadn't even been talking to God, but I know he's there because he's never going to leave me nor forsake me. I can look at that sunrise and not haven't even been thinking about nothing spiritual, but look up and say, God, you are amazing. Look at your handiwork. Even when that enemy tries to tell me something different in my mind about who I am and who I've been created to be and what he's called me to be, then I can remind myself and speak to God. Thank you, Father. He says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are marvelous. I'm, I'm I'm wonderful in your sight. Even when I'm feeling sad and sometimes a tear might roll down, I, I can think about, God, thank you for catching that tear. We weren't having a long dialogue. I wasn't having a long conversation. He wasn't necessarily speaking to me, but obviously he was because he was moving on my heart and he put me back in remembrance of his word. God, thank you that that tear wasn't wasted. Thank you that that pain wasn't wasted. Thank you that that situation is going to work out together for my good. Thank you, Father, that that enemy meant that thing for bad, but you are going to turn that thing around, not only for my good, but for the good of the people that are connected to me. Okay, so vision. Again, good morning. Welcome to the call. So glad you made the sacrifice on a Saturday morning. I get it. If if I could sleep in this morning, I would have because that sleep was so good. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Please remember to mute your line. You just shifted a little bit. That's you. Please mute your line. So this month we are talking about vision, and, and it's kind of odd for me because I am on the um normally at the end of the month to share um, because that just works out better for my schedule and the things I have going on in my life. And so thank you, Moni, for accommodating me in that area. Um, but this month, I have some things going on later in the month. My birthday is on the 28th of December. I'm going um, to Cabo pretty soon. So this weekend worked out to be the best weekend for me to be able to share with you guys. And even in this first week, and I can really only share on Saturdays. I work Monday through Friday. So even with the first week, um, normally by the time we get to me at the end of the month, everybody's pretty much covered every area of, um, you know, the topic. And even with this first week, what I was thinking about um, came out of the mouths of between um, the Tuesday, I, I'm forgetting her name, excuse me, but I know she's the first lady, I believe, um, and then Tanya and Dion and even Marcus, right? Um, so with, with Tanya, 
she was speaking specifically. Okay, first of all, when we think about vision, we think about normally, you know, um, my people perish for lack of vision, right? Where there's no vision, the people perish. Normally, that's the scripture that a lot of people think about. But God had me go back to something that I had looked at before, um, which I love this certain passage, and I'll get to it in a minute. Um, but I was thinking about because. I mean, some of you know that I'm a registered nurse, and I used to work in a surgery center um, attached to my same um, organization that I'm with now. I'm just across the street um, doing quality and safety. But I used to be the service line coordinator or the um, coordinator of our surgery center, and my service line area was ophthalmology. It's so funny. A lot of people don't know how to spell that word. It's kind of hard to spell. Um, but I used to do eyes, right? That's just simply um study of eyes, ophthalmology study of eyes. Um, So I used to be over the eye service. And so we did everything from cataracts to cornea repairs to glaucoma and to astigmatism and to you name it. We did everything that dealt with, you know, even when people had injuries to their eyes and they had to have, um, you know, their cornea replaced or something like that with glaucoma and the um, all the other eye corrections that we can make except for the simple ones, but all the invasive ones where they actually had to go in. Retina Detachments, we did that where they had to go into the back of the eye through, you know, the eye um, pupil area and, and fix that detached, um, detached retina so that you can still have sight. So when Tanya started talking, initially I was like, maybe I'll cover just a little bit of that because I know a little bit of that background. But Tanya started talking and she did an excellent job, so there was no need for me to really go into that. But then I started thinking still, what about this eye and what about this vision? And God began to really just show me as I normally do, I go pull up all the scriptures. Most people that do declarations, they go pull up all the scriptures, kind of. Some do. I don't know. This is me. I pull up scriptures and I see what's related to that certain topic. Um, and, and normally God will give me something when, when I hear the 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 um, topic, he'll give me something. And then I'll go still looking for scriptures just to see how it relates um, and just kind of tie things in, starting to work on the declaration. And what God was showing me when I went and pulled up all these scriptures, there were so many scriptures that related to vision and sight in the word of God. Check it out. Right. So then I started thinking and it just kind of made me think that everything or every verse or every story or illustration in the Bible has to do with sight or vision, and it's correlated to our eyes, the things that we see, our heart, the things that we feel in our mind, the way that we think or perceive a thing or understand a thing, right? So the Old Testament, think about this, is Christ concealed, right? And and then the New Testament is is Christ revealed. And, And I got scripture for that, right? Because in Hebrews, it talks about Hebrews 10 and 7. It talks about, and also in Proverbs 40 and 7, lo, I come in the volume of the book, the whole book, it is written of me. So everything in the word that we read (laughs) is about him. And it gives us insight, vision, illumination, revelation. It shines light on um, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It shows us God and his nature and his character and how we are to relate and be in relationship with him, right? Everything that we read, the stories of other people show us what not to do, show us how we can get caught up into some things, shows us how to get up out of some things. It uh, makes it, Therefore, it, it shines light on, makes makes things clear because we can see from the example or learn from the example of someone that's gone before us. 
and and many people think like the Old Testament is not relevant, but it absolutely is. We just have to be able to have the the flexibility to recognize we are in now the 21st century, right? But recognize that it's still relevant because it still points us to someone that even though we think we know him, there's still so much more that we can get to know about God. And then final thing about that is right before I was looking and thinking about, you know, those scriptures and how he talks about um, you know, the whole thing is about him. It's written about him, and it really is a mirror to show us ourselves. Well, I was looking at um, Psalms 119 and 105, and then J.C. mentioned that, right? So everything we find in the Word of God, we have to have the Word of God, and we are thankful and grateful because his Word, we take it, then we hide it in our hearts so that we will not sin against him. And as soon as she said that, and I had my phone pulling up the scripture just to verify to make sure I had the right verse, right, because I don't want to get out any wrong information, she said it, and I was like, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. Just like that, just those little confirmations, just right on time. She didn't know. I didn't know she was going to say that, but it was God's way of showing me, listen, this is all about me. And the thing for us to do is be able to see clearly so that we can rightly divide the word of truth. But check it out. We don't have to be a scholar, a biblical scholar. We don't have to go to seminary. We don't have to um, jump through hoops. We just got to spend time with him and avail ourselves to him. And he will teach us what we need to know and then show us the direction that we need to take. If it's seminary, great. Then that's for you and your destiny and the purpose and the place where you have to go. But if it's not, then do what he is called us to do only what he's called us to do that takes the pressure off of us trying to be um, or do and, and it really relieves the fact and gives us an opportunity to just simply be who he called us to be and that can be found in relationship so back to Tanya, what she was talking about, um, and all the different types of um, eye abnormalities and um, dysfunctions of the eyes, if you will. Um, we can call it dis-ease, not being at ease, not functioning properly um, of the eyes. I thought about one one different one, um, and this condition is... Um, <laughs> I'm making a correlation. I'm stretching it a little bit. But but think about it. Die vision, double vision. Die meaning two. Vision, being able to see, right, perceive, or um, being able to have a certain perspective on a thing. So die vision, a double-minded man is unstable in his ways, all his ways. There we go back to the mind um, and his stability and basically how he sees a thing because he's double-minded. He has diverging focuses, <laughs> yeah. Then, then then, he cannot be steady and stable. He'll be on this way one day and then that way another day and never really come into a plumb line, medium balance where he can stay focused. And, and it also reminded me of that conversation that they were having about that, that sitting your face like a flint. And, and I couldn't speak because I was at work, but, but Tanya gave us that, that, that flint was like that hard rock. And so what I thought about, and I think somebody might have said it, but when I think about setting my face like a flint, that means I'm not distracted. I have such a laser focus that no matter what happens, I'm not distracted by my peripheral vision, which I see on my side. I'm not distracted by double vision because I have a clear focus like tunnel vision, like she mentioned. And therefore, it is so steady and straight, right? Not inflexible to God, but so steady and straight that I, I hit the mark. 
Sin is simply missing the mark. That's what sin is. So I, I'm so focused, laser straight, that I stay. Here we go. I got the word hidden in my heart that I might not sin against him. I'm not saying this is imperfection, but I'm saying these are things that we do as believers to help us to stay, to abide, to remain, to keep moving forward, and to miss some of those distractions that that enemy has intentionally set out before us. Double vision, right? But think about this. Die, D-I vision, um, thinking about being divided, having two different visions or perspectives or a way that we view things, and therefore we have two opposing views of the same thing. So it really saddened my heart, really a short, quick side note. It saddened my heart last night as I was listening to this one particular preacher, and he's very, very learned and astute in the Word of God. Um and he's very, very dogmatic, and he's kind of rude to the extent for people who don't believe the way that he does. And 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 he um, he's causing some division. Um, actually, one guy used to go to our church, and he started listening to him, and now he don't go to church at all because this this man, ironically, he talks about leaving your churches, but he he has a gathering <laughs> of believers which makes him a church, really, if you think about it, a joining together. That's what the ecclesia is, a gathering together of believers. And so he just speaks so harshly. He speaks against, you know, some things that, that we're just learning how to break free of. And, and some of the things that he's teaching really takes people back into bondage. Um, he speaks against women preachers. That's not what we're talking about, but I've come to a different understanding about that, right? Based on the word, not my opinion. Um, but he has a different belief based on how he reads the word. He talks about head coverings that, you know, women should still have their heads covered. And um, we're talking about liberty and walking in freedom. And he's talking about some things where, you know, he's talking about life of the body. But nevertheless, those things that he's talking about has absolutely nothing to do with our salvation. And it does absolutely nothing for the soul of the man that's sitting in the pew dying, right? So we're trying to get an understanding trying to get an illumination and revelation of the word of God, but we're going backwards. And and when I tell you this man is profound, um, it, it kind of grieved my heart to an extent because there's so many people out there that's causing division, division within the body of Christ. And um, it's not intentional, I don't believe, but we get so dogmatic about being right as if we know everything and there's no way absolutely not possible, not even Paul um, knows everything. He was an apostle. Yes, he was absolutely led by God. He was absolutely in close relationship, but he was not the Christ. Right. He still had a thorn in his flesh he had to deal with. So as much as we know, I think we have to really be careful because when we get into that that area of being really dogmatic, we we tend to forget the grace and mercy of God. And we tend to walk down the path of, I love God because we just finished talking about honor. We tend to walk down the path where we unintentionally dishonor and offend people not because of the word, because the word will offend you if or offend us if we don't find ourselves lining up with it. But we unnecessarily cause division and schism within the body. So let me just read that, That speaking of that. So in the Greek, the word division means schisma. It's to rent like a garment, to tear it in half. It's dissension. And it also comes from the word schizo, right, which means to split or cause a gap. Think about that word schizo. What is the first thing you thought about? Schizophrenia? <laughs> Multiple personalities? 
not being one person, not being able to be sound-minded, but having diverse, and this is not a slight against someone who has that. Please don't hear that. But not being able to focus and not being able to be who you are and being that one person with multi-facets, right? Not saying that because we have multiple dimensions of ourselves. But nevertheless, not knowing who you are and being all over the place. And when I used to be in signs and I'm not anymore, they used to talk about Gemini's, right? Think about that for those of you that used to follow the horoscopes or the (laughs) horoscopes. Wow. Um, Yeah. So anyway, being all over the place. I know you're probably saying I sound a little schizophrenic right now. I promise you, it's just in my head and I just want to get it out. But, but I believe that it's all connected. There is division within the body. You tell me the most segregated day of the week is Sunday. We all separate and go to our own little separate churches. We go to the black and the white and the Korean and the Chinese and the, you know, African. And, you know, some of us have a little melting pot or whatever, but we still got some issues. And it's being highlighted. The light is being shined or shown and illuminated on it from the very top down in our nation, the division that we have. And God is saying it should not be so. Second Corinthians 12 and 25, there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. So that schism, that division, I can go to a Baptist church, a Pentecostal church, a holiness church, a church of God in Christ, a church of Christ, a church of God, the assemblies of God, you name it, you keep going on and on. I think In one of my classes, they mentioned over 7,000 Protestant under the heading of Christian denominations. How is that possible? And and the divisions come um, simply because of men and their interpretation of the Bible and their idea of what this means, right? The way that they believe, what they're still bound to, what they're not bound to, um, the way that they want to worship, the way they don't want to worship, how they listen to a person we have choices you just cleared your throat please mute your line the way we have so many choices that i don't know if yeah variety is the spice of life but i believe this is an intentional um plant of the enemy to cause division and separatism because we disagree on non-essential things the most essential thing low i come in the volume of the book is that jesus christ is lord And so because we see a thing a certain way and we believe it to be that way and we're so dogmatic about what we believe and we don't move on it. And it's all simply about your head being covered in church or you being baptized in Jesus name only. Listen, or you don't believe in the Trinity because it's not written in the Bible where the word Godhead is written in the Bible with the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit and the three being one, but yet having different functions. If you don't believe in the three coexistings of one God, how do we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us? Who is the Lord Jesus Christ that came and when he died on the cross, did God die? Absolutely not. But God being in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ, they said, this is the word saying that he had to turn his face on on him. And I have to look that up to say it exactly because I don't want to say nothing that the word does not say. But the, the sky became so dark and the veil was rent. And God cannot look upon the sin that was upon his son. And maybe that's why he says it that way, that we see him being called the only begotten of the Father, because we have to recognize that the Lord Jesus Christ in his fuel humanity was still fully God in the flesh. So again, there's dissension in the camp. (laughs) 
schizo, dye, vision. Luke eleven seventeen. Every kingdom or rule or realm divided, which is simply to break apart, remember, and parting throughout against itself will not will be laid to waste. And every house dwelling or family divided against a house will fall. So I even thought about there has to be agreement. And and, and if every house or family divided against itself will fall, there has to be agreement even within ourselves. Sometimes we are at war. We know the word declares that this flesh is at enmity with God. And we know that there is a difference between our soul and our spirit, right? This flesh does not want to do what God is telling it to do. It cannot please God. In this flesh dwells no good thing. Um, Because of this flesh, you know, we already know we got issues, right? So that's why we have to die to this flesh. That's why we have to crucify this flesh. That's why we have to kill it daily. That's why we have to lay it aside. That's why we have to bring it under subjection, right? That's why the word keeps telling us how to deal with this flesh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life that we have the responsibility to deal with and that we have to forsake some things. Well, when we desire to do some things, but our spirit desires to do something which is please God, they're at enmity or at odds with one another, and they're indifferent directions and so our responsibility is to cause our flesh our spirit our soul to line up with the word of God so that we walk in agreement even within ourselves think about that sometimes we are scatterbrained and all over the place and feel like we're being pulled in different directions right and then we feel like some people end up losing their minds some people lose and give away their peace some people don't experience the joy that's unspeakable we don't experience the abundant life that he came to give us why because there's some things that's settled on the inside of us that's not really settled and hasn't even come into agreement with ourselves why we can't come into agreement with nothing else, nobody else can't yoke up, can't get underlined, can't come under submission, can't submit to another man's authority. We have stuff going on inside of us. And I thank God for declared victory because maybe we hadn't said it like that before, but those very things we've been addressing with that soul man, our intellect, emotion, and will, we've been dealing with those things so that we can become everywhere with whole, not just spiritually high and healthy and whole. But there's some things in our soul that need to be dealt with. And if we're not able to look and see us to the depths of our even soul the way that God does, we're going to miss some things. Our minds, our bodies, and our spirits must be aligned in agreement, heading in the same direction for us to be able to stand. And we do that by setting our face like a flint. There's so many different ways, so I dare not say how, but some of the ways we do that is abiding and remaining attached to him and making sure that we keep our minds stayed on him and checking our alignment. If you're going to be on Facebook, put a hashtag, check your alignment. Check our alignment. How are we lined up? How are we positioned? What's our heart posture towards God? So even when we're following God, Amos 3 and 3, how can two walk together except they be agreed? 
how can we even say that we're believers and followers of God and we don't trust what he say, we don't believe what he says is for us, we don't believe that his promises are yes and amen because we haven't seen them. And then if we really look circumspectly, visually, and look with what happens in our past, what has already happened, we can see that he has been for us and with us all along. And if he hadn't been, we wouldn't even be here today. But the enemy has blinded our eyes to the extent where we can't even see. And so therefore, when the situation arises, we come out of agreement with what God has already said. And we tend not to walk towards what has given us the victory in the first place, which is remaining and abiding and thinking about him and believing and having that constant communication and allowing the Holy Spirit to give us the comfort that only he can give us and that peace that he can give us that really does surpass all understanding because we allow him to. So we set our thoughts, not just our face, not just our eyes or our vision, but we set our thoughts on him like a flint. And we can't allow people to move us off of our position and our posture towards God. Because when we do, we find ourselves walking in the flesh and fulfilling the things of this flesh. Is it easy? It's a wrestle. We go just say no. For some, it might be. For some, it's harder. Depends on how long you've been walking. And even be careful if you've been walking a long time, at least your foot would slip. And be mindful that that enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's not always trying to kill us. He's trying to destroy some things in our lives. He's trying to destroy our relationships. He's trying to destroy our our friendships. He's trying to destroy um, us and our credibility. He's trying to destroy the honor and the favor that God has already declared is over our lives. He's trying to steal our children, right? Not kill them necessarily, but steal them away from the covenant of family. Steal them away from the bond that we set when they were younger. Steal them away and steal their minds so that they would be deceived, so that they would follow after the things of this world. Okay, let's not just talk about our children. Us too. He tries to steal our peace so that we feel like we have none. Why? Coming after our faith so we won't trust and believe God, so that we won't do the work while it's day, because night is coming and no man will be able to work. So vision is not simply a matter of sight. It's not simply a prophetic look into the future and things to come and setting up things and seeing it in your mind. It's not simply only that. It's a matter of perception and perspective, because if you don't have the right perspective about who God is and who he says that you are and who we are in him, we're going to get off, and we're going to lose focus. We're going to lose that laser flint focus. It's a matter of perspective and perception and light and insight with illumination and unveiling a revealing, right, just as the Old Testament concealed. Now we're in the New Testament dispensation of grace. There is a revealing and an opening, and God is wanting to speak to us and reveal mysteries to us and show us things to come, and we're out of position to the extent where we're busy wrestling with stuff that's not essential and don't matter and getting caught up in things and being distracted because it's an attempt of the enemy to steal our vision and focus. 
So God wants to unveil. He wants to show us things. He wants to illuminate things. He wants to make clear things, right? And remember, vision is not a matter of just seeing with our eyes. He wants to give us insight in our heart and in our understanding. So Mark 4 and 11 says, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without all things are done in parables. So he goes on to speak about the parables of the seed and the seed being the word of God and it being sown into the hearts of people and the enemy coming with different scenarios to snatch that word out of the hearts of us that would receive it. But because of the cares of this life, because of the scorching heat in the sun, because of the distractions of the enemy, because he's coming to steal the word of God out of our hearts that we already hid in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Um, by the Holy Spirit, listen, that we've already hid in our hearts that we wouldn't sin against him. He's coming after that. So we have nothing to hold on to, to shake our foundation. So verse 12 says that seeing what I do, this is Jesus speaking, that seeing what I do, they may see and not perceive. Here's a matter of perception that they won't learn anything, that we won't learn anything. He was speaking to his disciples and hearing that they may hear and not understand. And all of our getting, we have to get understanding. And wisdom is that principal thing. So understanding, having the right information, wisdom, knowing what to do with that information after we get it, least at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. So here comes that enemy trying to steal salvation from us because he has no opportunity to have it. If our eyes were open to the extent, our spiritual eyes were open to the extent where we could see what Christ is really doing, and we have because we're saved, I believe it. Um, Some of you that's on this call that might have called in and you're not, you have an opportunity because your eyes can be unveiled and you can see the glorious good things that Christ has done even now, even though he's not walking in the flesh, he's living on the inside of believers, and you're hearing his preached word, and it's the preached word that's able to save souls, right? We're seeing what he's done, and we are now being able to perceive and learn, and the light of the glorious gospel is able to shine and illuminate and bring clarity so that we can see, and now we can see and say, I want to be saved. I want to be converted. Converting at least is the repentance, right? Repentance is simply turning away a change of mind. We often hear repentance turning around, going in the opposite direction. Absolutely, yes, true. But repentance is an absolute change of mind. It's coming into agreement with, God, this is wrong. I agree with your word that this is sin, like we did with the renunciations. I agree with your word that this is sin, and I'm going in a different direction because this is not pleasing unto you. I repent. And their sins should be forgiven. First John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to cleanse us from all of our sins, to forgive our sins, excuse me, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, it's amazing because the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that do not believe least the glorious light of the gospel should shine unto them. 
So even when we're looking, going back to that grace and mercy, when we're looking and we're seeing all these things that people are doing and what's going on in the world, this is why we don't stand in judgment of people, especially in people in the body, because they're walking out their process of salvation, right? Sanctification, we'll say that. We're, we're walking it out, um, even even in us, even on this call, and we have a tendency to be really harsh and judge and say people should know better, but the truth of the matter is that enemy is still trying to blind the eyes, if he could, of us whose eyes have been um, illuminated and the veils and the scales have been removed. So think about this, even the Apostle Paul. I may not get to my favorite story in the Old Testament, one of them, but I may. Um, even the Apostle Paul, you can read this in Acts 9, when he was on his road to Damascus and he had his fall down to the ground conversion experience, right? Conversion, remember, his repenting, his turning away. He was going in one direction and now his die vision was, was now succinct. He had vision because he fell to the ground. He saw a bright light shining. Here we go. We could see. Didn't know what was going on, but he called out, who is it, Lord? <laughs> Right, had no idea. But what he did know, I'm just believing. This is just me adding to this. In order for him to call it Lord, Lord means master or someone over you. Something shining from the sky where it's gonna knock you to the ground is higher than you. It's higher than me, so I could call it. Hey, what's going on? I could say I could submit unto this. You, you, you have more power than I do. Obviously, um, he had no idea who this was. And and Jesus told him, it's me, the one you're fighting against. And, and I read something in the story how how when he was knocked to the ground and he he got up right they didn't see anything but this bright light um, and Paul was blinded for three days and he had a dream that someone would come and lay hands on him Ananias and when he did um, Ananias also had a vision from God <laughs> to tell him what to go do. But I never looked at this, that, that first of all, Paul was blind for three days. You think about Jonah in the well, on the belly of the well, the fish for three days. You think about Christ, more importantly, in the grave for three days, right? And then you think about this, you read that, and you can read it for yourself, Acts 9. He was not only blinded without vision, without sight for three days, but he also did not eat or drink. So he fasted, basically. Was it a choice? I don't know. But he was there. And he fasted and could not see. And sometimes God will allow the blindness to come so that our vision can be corrected. He will allow, because we're headed down a wrong path, because our vision is divided, he will allow sometimes darkness, um, no vision to come to the extent where we can get focus back. It was just three days. But he couldn't see anything. Nevertheless, it didn't stop God from visiting him in his dreams. So in his mind eye, he could still see. And I believe with that kind of um, 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 lack of vision, but still having vision, you can, you can, we can avoid the enemy because he don't know what we're doing. He don't know our mind. He knows our behavior, behaviors and, and, and historical patterns. But he don't know our thoughts are far off. That's only God. So sometimes there will be darkness just to get our vision corrected. And will it be three days? Will it be longer? I don't know. As long as it would take for God to be able to get our vision focused back on him and what he is doing. 
Ephesians 1 and 8, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know. The eyes of your heart. Here we go again. Our eyes, our heart has eyes. Our heart has the sense, the ability. Look, as a man thinks in his heart, our heart has a brain to think. Our heart is the seat of our emotions. So Paul is praying that our eyes, the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened, that light would shine, that it would illuminate on our hearts in order that we might know so that we can get some kind of understanding, that we can get insight, that we can get the right and proper perspective and view of the hope to which he has called you because he's called you. And anytime our vision is thrown off the fact of who we are and who God has called us to be and who he is making us and who he has already written down in the books that we shall be, we're distracted. And so it gives us division, right, even in our view to be able to see. But Paul is praying, pull this out, Ephesians 1 and 8, that our eyes, the heart of our eyes, that our eyes of our heart might be enlightened so that we can know without a shadow of a doubt completely. Completely, no. Without being double-minded, without guessing, without having to overthink it, without um, whatever it might be to come to make us think contrary to the Word of God, this is where we pull out one of my favorite scriptures, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, casting down every imagination and high thing or thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. And who is Christ but the Word made flesh? Pulling down those things, those strongholds, so that we can bring that thing under the obedience of the word of God. Submitting that stuff up under Christ so that any time something happens, we put it through the grid. Because, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. We put it through the grid of the word of God. And if it don't line up and if it falls short, we toss it out. If it's contrary, it has no place in our lives. Because we are bound by, uh, that sounds bad, but it's a good thing to the word of God. And not only the word, because in his word there is life, liberty, and promises for us. So again, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened or illuminated, might be able to see, because the light has been shown on in order that we might know the hope to which he has called you and me and the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. There is an inheritance that he has for us, and we don't have to wait to die to get it. All we have to do is be able to lay hold to it. And in order to lay hold to it, we have to be able to see it. And how do we see it except we see through the eyes of the Spirit? And we have the Holy Spirit there to lead and guide us into all truth. Will we know everything? No. When he gave Paul those instructions to get up, he didn't tell him where exactly he had to do everything. He didn't tell him exactly everything he was going to have to face and go through. He didn't tell him how great he was going to be a champion and a, if you're talking about a general, a real general, an apostle of of the gospel he had no idea and did he change who Paul was he just changed his focus no before he was very zealous he was chasing after Christians he had a clear focus on what his assignment was because he believed he was doing the right thing for God 
But God calls that blindness to change his focus and say, you off here. You're doing the wrong thing. You're persecuting me, and you don't even realize it, and you think you're doing a good work, but you're not. And so I need to get your focus so that it's right, it's laser, it's set, because you got laser set, focus is focused, but it's in the wrong direction. And so when he was converted, just like Peter, remember, after he denied Christ, because of fear for his own life, after he said, I'll never deny you, Jesus said, oh, yes, you will. <laughs> but after you're converted, after you make up your mind, after you get laser flint set that you're going to live or die in this thing, strengthen your brother. Go back and help somebody else to have that same laser vision focus where they will not be moved. This is part of being steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor that we're doing for him is not in vain. God will repay everything that he has promised. It's the flexibility that we have to have to be able to wait on God, to know that the vision is for an appointed time. And I think it was mentioned yesterday, though it tarry, wait, because it will appear. Because God is not slack concerning his promises. He watches over his word to perform it. And real quick, I just want to share out of 2 Kings chapter 6, one of my favorite scriptures, um, or my favorite Bible studies, if you will, or my favorite studies in the Bible. And it's about um, Elijah. And when you get a chance, go on and read, you know, um, Second Kings and work your way up to, to, to six. But it talks about all the things that Elijah went through, E-L-I-S-H-A, opposed to E-L-I-J-A-H, Elijah. Elijah, with the J, was his protege, was his mentor, was his um, father in the faith, if you will. And because Elijah had went through so many things and his time was winding up, he was the one that was carried away in a chariot of fire. And so his protege, um, Elijah, with an S, was um, was the one that was going to receive a double portion of his spirit. And I really got to go back and study that because as I was reading this even last night, it's really not saying a double portion of his anointing, which it could be um, similar to that or, or maybe make that correlation, but a double portion of his spirit. And, and if he wants a double portion of someone's spirit, why not ask for even more of what God has for us? And maybe that's the difference between the Old Testament, I'm just thinking out loud here, and the New Testament, now that we have the spirit of God living on the inside of us in his fullness. He's not a part of, you know, you know what I'm saying? We don't have a piece of the Holy Spirit. We have the fullness of God living on the inside of us. And so because we're not experiencing it, um, the fullness being manifested is something that we are not laying hold to. Just like Paul had to tell Timothy to stir up the gifts because they've already been given to us. They're inside of us, the gifts, right? Not only that, the Holy Spirit himself has fruit that he wants to manifest in and through us. And so it's a yielding, here we go again, fighting against and warring against this flesh and this body. Back to Second Kings. So looking at Second Kings where Elijah, the main thing I wanted to read here, and, and I believe I'll close with this. Um, maybe it's a good thing we're on the back end because it gives us more time. <laughs> Sorry if this is too long for you. But my main thing is, and I just want to read this real quick. It's not that long. Um, 
Okay. So Second Kings six, and I want to start at verse eight. And now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. And then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. So the king of Israel sent somebody down to go and check it out because he wanted to see if the man of God, what he told him was correct. Okay, here's the story. The king of Syria wanted to um, attack and kind of ambush the children of Israel. And so he kept trying to set up these little ambushes in certain areas. But because um, the man of God, the prophet of God, Elijah, was warning the king of Israel, he was telling him, don't go there because it's a trap. Listen, this is what vision will give us, the ability to see the traps that are set up by the enemy before us so we don't have to walk smack dab in it and end up how we got there. So the king of Syria, I'm just going to jump down, he got upset because he tried not one or two times, but three times or maybe even more to try to set up this ambushment. And every single time they would not come because they knew that the trap was laid ahead of them. And anybody in their right mind, not just going to walk into a trap, right? And so the king of Syria was saying, hold on, I must have an enemy or a spy in the camp and he must be telling them what we're doing. And so one of his servants said, nope, that's not the case. But the man of God is revealing those mysteries as you have had them in your own privacy of your own bedroom, your own bedchambers. He's revealing those mysteries to the king of Israel. Think about that. I'm just going to read it, verse 12. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elijah the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. God will reveal mysteries to us. Why? Not that we're so deep and great and have all this information. No, to abort the plan of the enemy and the mysteries that he gives us helps us to see before a thing happens so that we can abort, again, the plans of the enemy, the traps. We can avoid them, the snares, and we can warn people around us, don't do that. Don't go there. No. Even ourselves. How do you think you're able to tell your children? You think it's because you're so great and you know them so well? Nope. <laughs> Maybe. God still gives us that wisdom, that, that insight to be able to see a thing before it even happens to help us. So he said, go and see where he is. So the king of Syria was really upset and mad because his plans were being thwarted by Elijah exposing his secrets. <laughs> <laughs> and warning the people. So he set up some men and he told them to go and find this man, look for him, find him, visually see him, um, so he could deal with him. And what I found interesting, and then I'll skip to my main text and I'll be done, I promise, is that where they went and found Elijah and his servant, they were in Dotham. And, and because um, Brother um, Marcus had talked about Negev and it being a dry place and it had a well, I just looked up Dotham before and I remembered that I had looked it up. And Dotham is the very same place where another prophetic dreamer was dropped off and left the dead, Joseph. This is where he went and found his brothers that were out there, you know, and he wanted to go take them something and, I don't know, water or whatever it was. He just wanted to go hang out with his brothers. And when he showed up, because they were so mad at him and he had his coat of many colors on, they took him and they threw him in the pit. 
Delta is is just north of Jerusalem, right? So so there's something else very significant that took place uh, um, be, to, and happened to a man who had vision and able to see. Because everything that happened to Joseph was really just a setup to get him to the place where over in Genesis 50, where he could actually say, now I see clearly because what you meant for evil, God turned that thing around for good that many people would be saved. Because if Joseph had not been in his position that he was in, a famine would have hit and the whole nation of Israel would have been wiped out. But because he was a dreamer, because he had vision, because he obeyed God, because he was in right position and right posture towards God, he was able to fulfill the plan that God had over his life. That's just a side note of Dotham. So I want to just jump right on over to, and I'll just read this little part. And therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. So if you will, kind of where I live is kind of dust, it's called a dust bowl, and we're surrounded by mountainous areas. So they were kind of in like a bowl. And so the king of Syria sent his men, and they surrounded this city. And when the servant... Excuse me, of the man of God, the servant of Elijah, arose early in the morning and went out. There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he is scared. He's frightened. Can I tell you, Elijah was not moved at all. Why? Because he had a relationship. And that's why it's important to read the background and the history. He had a relationship with God. Remember the one that revealed mysteries and secrets to him, speaking to him so that he could see um, the hand of the enemy? So he answered, this is Elijah, do not fear, but those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Do you not know that those that are with you are more than the world that's against you and I, that we have a cloud of witnesses. We have angels encamped about us. We have goodness and mercy following us all the days of our life. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us who declares that greater is he, greater is I that I am that's in you than he that is in the world. He said, don't be afraid. And Elijah prayed. There's something about praying. And he said, Lord, I pray, and this is my scripture, open his eyes that he might see. Might see what? That you might see that you're not alone in this thing. That you might see that if God be for you, he's more than the whole world against you. That you might see that God said, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I know it's hard. I know you feel like you're alone, but I am here. Lord, I pray. Open his eyes that he might see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. Do you not know what boost of confidence that was? Do you not know when we can see clearly the vision of God, when we can see clearly that God's hand is at work in our lives, it has a way to cause fear to dissipate? It trumps that fear because we now can see clearly that victory is in sight. Can I tell you something? He already told you that the victory is yours. You're more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. You've already won. Why? Not because of our own efforts or our own might, but because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And we received it and accepted that. 
and behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire. So remember, they had horses and they had chariots, but God brought in the fire. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Listen, the enemy can have some resources, but God is the source. He had chariots of fire. You think that that servant was scared now? And all it took was him being able to see what was invisible to know that that situation was not impossible for God. And to know, listen, here's another thing, that he was connected with somebody that was connected to God. So even if you don't have what you believe you want right now in this position, stay connected to those. That's why I love DB. Stay connected to people so that we can encourage one another to keep going because we will see it. Just keep looking. You'll see it. God already said it. So we will be able to see it. full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. <laughs> we are covered and protected. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elijah prayed. So I'll stop right there. Then Elijah prayed and just sum up the story. He didn't pray for them to be killed or wiped out. Every opportunity is not an opportunity for us to destroy the people, but it may be an opportunity for us to create allies and show the mercy and grace of God because he prayed that their eyes would be closed and blinded, and they were. And when they came down, he talked to them and said, the man you're looking for, even though it was him, is over here. Let me go. I'll take you. And so he took them right to Samaria, which was right outside the camp of the Israelites. And then he prayed and asked God to open their eyes. And when he opened their eyes, they were right smack dab in the hands of the king of Israel for him to do whatever he wanted to do for them or to them. He pretty much laid them like a present on the, uh, uh, I don't say the altar, but uh, as a gift, if you will, uh, putting them on the uh, chopping block or the, the uh, a platter before um, the king of Israel, who they had been trying to ambush all along. And then the king of Israel, out of wisdom, said, do we kill them? Do we smite them? Because they had the full authority and the right to do so. And God didn't hold back. He normally told them to wipe out their enemies all the time. But Elijah said, no, feed them. And they took care of them. They treated them well after their eyes were open, and they sent them back to their own king of Syria. And the Bible talks about they never had to deal with them coming into their land again. Was it ally? I don't know. But that was one headache they didn't have to deal with anymore. And so vision will put us in a position where we can see the hand of God at work and recognize that he has that angels encamped about us, ready to do the bidding of the Lord and to keep us from the hand of the evil one, just like in that model prayer and to protect us, and the Holy Spirit living inside of us to guide us. But if we can't see, it's going to be real easy to faint and fall out. So again, 
Vision is more than just the ability to see with the natural eye. It's using every single thing that God has given us, more importantly, most importantly, his spirit. But we use our ears to hear, our heart to even see. Our ears give us the ability to even see some things based on what we have heard, even in our minds, dreams, right, in our spirit. There are so many things that God has at our disposal, and we are without excuse. And don't take that like a slap, but take that like, hey, Shake yourself and wake up. I can see. I can see. There are so many people that have done so many great things without the ability of natural eyes. There are photographers and architects and people who climb rocks. And we know Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder, music and arts and um, beautiful paintings and all kinds of things without the natural eye to see. And we have the mind's eye of God, the spirit of God living on the inside of us. So what do you see? My prayer is that our eyes would be open so that we could see the impossible being possible. Hallelujah. So, God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you. And I pray, God, that something was said because you are a God that knows all and you see all. You know our thoughts off, afar off before we can even think them. You know where we are right now. You know what's troubling us in our hearts and in our minds. And, God, you are well able to speak life to every dead and drying situation. And, God, we thank you for even the word dotham is a desert place, but it has two wills. God, I thank you for two eyes to be able to see, but I thank you for being able to see beyond what we see, God, that we're able to see in the spirit, that our spirit man has been illuminated, that our hearts have been enlightened, and the light has shown, God, that you would remove the scales and the veils. That's what happened with Paul. The veils removed, the scales were removed from his eyes, and he was able to see clearly. So God, help us to see clearly what you are doing in our lives and how you positioned us just in the right place strategically. And, God, you are much more, much more than we are able to see. You declare that eyes haven't seen and ears have not heard and neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that you have prepared for us that love you. And, God, then you turned around and said, but you're revealing those things to us by your spirit. Help us to see clearly what you're revealing to us. Help us to see your handiwork and your hand at work, not just in our lives, but in the lives of our children and in the lives of everybody we've been laboring and interceding for and praying for. Father, help us to change our perspective and our perception about what we think we see and that we're able to see the truth of your word that if God, you be for us, you're more than the whole world against us. And God, we declare that you're for us. So, Father, we thank you and bless you and praise you. God, I pray that this has encouraged and given hope to your hearers. And, God, that we would not only be hearers, but we would be doers and believe your word to be true. God, help us to see it because you already said it. So we're just waiting on the manifestation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, God. Good morning, family. That's the um, share this morning. Is there anybody that joined the call that would like to say good morning? Good morning, Miss Carla. Hey, Carla. Hey, Ladybug. 
Good morning, Sister Julia. Hi, Sister Julia. Hey, lady. Hi, my love. Hi. I'm coming to get some good Good morning, Miss Krishanda. Okay, okay. I saved some for you. Thank you, sis. Good morning, Krishanda. How are you? Good morning, Miss Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Good morning. Good morning, sister. Good morning. Anybody else? Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, family. It's Dondria. Hey, Dondria. Good morning. Open the eyes to my heart, love. Yes. Open the eyes to my heart, Lord. I want to see you, Lord. I want to see Good you. morning, Patricia. Good morning, Patricia. Yes. Open the eyes to my heart. I like that song. <laughs> I, I was singing the song last night. Mm. Is I want to see you high and lifted up. Yes, Lord. Yeah, I want to see you high and lifted up, shine in the light of your glory. Yeah. Pour out your power and love, singing holy, holy, holy. Yes. Holy, holy, holy. Oh, yes. Thank you. Open your eyes to my heart, Lord. Yes. Can you say a- more about the song? Who who's it by? I've heard it, but I don't know how I don't know how to find it or the name of it. Well, the thing is, is that it, it, the Holy Spirit brought it to me last night, and I was singing it, and I was trying to play it on guitar, mm. and then I then I hear the word this morning. I don't know honestly who it's by. It says Paul Baloch, but um. There Mike Hillsong has been done a couple of different um by a couple right. of different um people. Oh yeah, Michael. What's, what's the name of it? Open the eyes of my heart. <laughs> Open okay, the eyes man. Of thank you. Mhm. Yes. I want to say like yeah, Michael W. Smith is the version I know. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Patricia. Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning, this is Malona. Good morning, Malona. Good morning, this is Priscilla. Hey, Priscilla. Good morning. Anyone else? Good morning, it's Juliet. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, Saturdays are pretty light sometimes, laid back. Um... Uh, and I get it. I totally get it. I understand, especially for those who work Monday through Friday. But I guarantee, not because of me, but people are missing a treat because there's other people that share on Saturdays that, you know. But you can always go back and listen to the playback. So any comments? Um, I know that was long, but I'm glad I was able to get it all out. <laughs> See, there's some good things in change. You just got to embrace it. Um is there anybody that has anything, any comments or questions? I know I shared a lot, um, but uh, I believe that's the way God gave it to share for me to share. Do I need to clear up anything? Anybody? My sister. Yes. Awesome declaration. You woke me up, and things I've been worried about. I understand them now. Because their declarations went through me, woke me up this morning. God bless you, my sister. 
God bless you, my sister. Look, that's what it's all about, that we would know him. That we would know him. Glory to God. Anybody else? Just saying good morning. I enjoyed you. You know, you know, I got 526 scriptures, as my grandma <laughs> would say, written down. You know, you messy. You make people think extra hard. Lucky word it is. Good morning. Yes, right. I love that too. But oh, what about that? Oh, what about? But you can't say all that. But you. <laughs> I love that. I love hearing the declarations, and it just starts making us think. That that's that's what the word does. And and you know what? Because the word is in you, because the word is in us, it has something to draw from. And that's part of that hiding that word in my heart. Not only that I might not sin against you, but that I might know your precepts and your statutes. If we read Psalms one nineteen, which is extremely long, but right there in the middle of that thing, I think over in um sixty somewhere, um, verse sixty, it talks about, you know, that word, um, and how it's my necessary food to an extent of how I, I, I cling on to it and it's your precepts that you just gotta read it. It just talks about the word being so much for us and, and, and the necessity and no wonder why the enemy tries to make us not read it or think we don't have to do all that or think we can't memorize this or whatever. But if we look at it like it being our necessary food um, then we'd read it however we could and expect God to do the rest because we first have the willing mind to read. He'll give us the ability to retain it. Don't count yourself out and say, I can't remember the scriptures or listen, when it becomes so necessary that your life depends on it and truth be told, it really does, then we'll start remembering that stuff. So why not start now? Thanks, Deanna. Good morning, Amen. Lisa. Keisha, um, my voice came back, so thanks for the uh, prayers, everybody. Um, Thank you, Lord. Yes, I really appreciated uh, the scriptures that you were given today. I text the Psalms 119-105 to my children, and I remember when I was still in Vallejo, and there was a song that we sing, um, that has that scripture, the words of life to my feet and light to my mm-hmm. pathway. And yep. I just, I like the, you know, the cadence to it and stuff like that. So when you were uh, reading it, then I just went into that. And I was like, okay, I need to send that to the children. And that'll bring them back to when we were like really all together as a family. And the other thing that stuck out to me is the eyes of the heart. That was just so dope. I'm like, okay, so I had to, like, Google that and do some more studying of that. Because we hear about the mind, but, you know, the heart is like, wow, you know, that was dope. So I'm like, okay, okay. And then, you know, making the comparisons with Jonah and and Paul and Jesus. And, you know, my dad has, like, really been, like, stuck on Jonah and it was just so amazing about how you know we met each other and before he would say, Okay, you know, you go ahead and, and pray but now he's been praying and he's been sending me uh different uh gospel songs to listen to and we really been talking about Jonah and he was just like really amazed by that. So 
I just thank everyone and declare victories, all the conversations that we had, the prayers, the laughs, the cries. It's really just touching my family in a way that I just couldn't even imagine. So, yeah, go back on mute. Love you all. Love you too, sis. And it's about those connections, right? Elijah held on to Elijah. And every single time, right, before he was carried up in that whirlwind, he said, you stay here and I'm going to go on down to Jordan. He was like, "Uh uh-uh, the Lord liveth, I will be with you. No, 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 because he knew that when Elijah was up out of here that he had to get something from him and receive his mantle. And he tried, I think, three times, I believe it was. And it's amazing. If you go back and look in 2 Kings, it talks about, the area that's where we see the school of the prophets so when we see stuff like that um a prophet that i'm thinking about is jordan he has a school of the prophets i believe and there are so many out there but i believe that's where they get the idea from because there were a whole bunch of prophets that were being raised up under elijah um with a j and so um when he left of course elijah being the successor now he takes the reign and the control over all these prophets these young prophets being raised up and every single time when elijah was getting ready to go and he they went into a new place, the prophets would go to him and say, you know, your uh, master about to be taken away from you, <laughs> like he about to die. And Elijah would be like, I know, I get it, hold your peace, just be, be chill. So Elijah was not leaving. I said all that to say with this, that because of you, sis, your family is coming into the fold, and because of the light that you're showing, because of who you're connected to, it helps you to remain and stay and abide, and the DV is just a vehicle to help you stay connected to the vine, attached to Christ, right? And as we abide in him and he abides in us, we can't help but to have an impact on our families, So praise God for that, because God wants to use not just you, but everybody else on this call who thinks their family is so out there. He wants to use you to be light and salt in your family so that they can see that Christ is real, because they're getting a whole bunch of other junk out there in the world. But we are the ones that's able to live it by the power of the Holy Spirit so that they can see, not in perfection, but in reality, that, yeah, I might be struggling right now, but if God be for me, that's my confession. If he don't deliver, that's my confession. He is well able. And guess what? God takes the opportunity to show himself strong and mighty through our weakness, not just for us, but for the people around us to see his greatness. Look, let your good works so shine that men might see your works and glorify God. Listen, they start saying, I know that was God. That ain't nobody but God. They don't even know God. Nobody but God. (laughs) Yes, Lord, because when I be getting out there, my dad be like, "Uh, did you go on the line this morning? Um, Well, you you need to go pray with the other people you pray with. (laughs) Because they can tell when we're a little off. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Did you pray? You ain't been in church now, right? (laughs) Yes. Amen. Amen. I just, good morning, it's Priscilla. I just want to say thank you for your declaration. Hey, it was just so incredibly, it was a lot. Mm. And and that's good. It makes you think. And for me, I have to go back and listen um, to the tape to get everything down and just to understand more, go deeper. 
um, wanting to get uh, spiritual vision, a 2020 spiritual vision, um, uh, really tearing for it and, and going for it. All I could do was listen. That's all my. All I could do was consume. Um, of course, my spirit's in agreement. Yeah. But sometimes you just have to sit and listen. Yes. And take it in because you, you, you gotta. Um, you have to process it. For me, I'm only talking for me. Maybe others on the phone as well. But I gotta process this, and it's so critical and crucial as we go into. Well, even prior to now, but now mm-hmm. where we are. But as we go into this new year, it's just critical and crucial um, for us to to lay hold of this, of just what you taught. It was necessary. The way you taught it was definitely God, you know, provided. Um, and I thank him for allowing him to use you to feed us. It's a lot. It it is a lot. Um, So I just want to say thank you for your declaration this morning. Man, thank you, sis. Thank you. (laughs) Opening your mouth and speaking. And as you were speaking, I was thinking, um, and maybe this is why God had um, the whole story of, not the whole story, but bringing in the Apostle Paul with those three days of being blinded to the extent of just sitting him down. Right, stopping him dead in his tracks of everything that he had been doing, pulling him to a complete halt, and then, and even in those three days, he didn't eat or drink. He fasted. And so his vision, when he came up out of that, listen, when Ananias laid hands on him, he not only received his sight, but he received the Holy Ghost. Y'all read it. He received the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Right? And so there is something very... um, important, if you will, about being still and knowing that he is God and allowing him to minister to our spirits, even in our broken places, so that we can come out of that thing with clarity. What good is it to go into a trial and not come out with the experience of learning something? So what true. Good is speaking after him and knowing that he's there for us to find him and not coming away with some other nugget or jewel or tool or, or, or source resource, if you will, for us to live this life in a way that's pleasing before him and to navigate it through and in such a way that it brings him glory, but it accomplishes our task, our missions, our assignments. Thank you, sis, for sharing. Um, yeah, he will sit us down, close some doors, give us an opportunity to reflect on him and the direction that he would have us to go in. And, yes, it's relative necessary today, but as the days grow dimmer and dimmer, our responsibility is to be able to see, not in our own natural flesh, but by the Spirit who leads and guides us into all truth and shows us things to come. But if we're not in the right position, if our heart posture isn't right before him, if we're not ready, we're going to miss some things and we're going to get ambushed. And it wasn't supposed mm-hmm. to be that way. So I speak that we will not. Amen. Not because of our power, not because of our strength, but by his spirit. 
and he is our daddy, and he is a good, good father. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my my goal is I want to see him clearly. I want to hear him more clearly because, you know, he says, my sheep know my voice, and they follow me, and they won't follow after another. And we don't have time to be missing it. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. No. I don't have time to be missing it. <laughs> so I get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. No, uh, let me just say this. I have missed it enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I have missed it enough, and enough is enough. Enough is enough. Mm-mm, not when he said everything for us. Amen. Thank and you. And these last evil days and times that we see, as you just said, it's only, it, it, he says it in the Bible, what we, the times that we're in. Um, and you're so right about him warning and telling you lately. He's been telling me things or showing me visions of people before they come to me mm-hmm. that mean me no good harm. Mm-hmm. But um, the key, crucial, that fasting and praying, day fasting and, and that's cute. I'll just say that. That's for me. It's cute. <laughs> but, you know, he's calling me into the deep things. So I know it's not enough. I know it because I haven't reached where I'm satisfied, yeah. where I'm free indeed, or where he's made me whole. Um, so, you know, like I say, fasting for the day is cute, and, and then I will do that. But for for maybe some of us, it's just not enough. Mm-hmm. We We have to go until the spirit of the Lord says so, it is done. And we'll deal with some of them flesh issues that keep rising up and trying to make us disagree and come out of agreement and alignment with what God has already established for us. It will deal with the part of our minds that makes us doubt the word of God that's not true for us in spite of what we see. It'll start making that flesh so weak that it can't do nothing but say, uncle, and yes, Lord, and okay. (laughs) Right? Dealing with that flesh. I just wanted good to say morning. good morning. Oh, go ahead. Um, two people. Who were that just trying to speak? Was that Krishanda? I don't know. Good morning. Somebody was trying to speak. Well, go ahead. No, that was that was me. I was trying to allow the other person to speak. It's a beautiful Saturday. <laughs> beautiful Saturday. Amen. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful Saturday. I really enjoyed your declaration this morning, and uh, so many <clears throat> nuggets that I want to go back and um, and uh, study too. You, you always give us a lot of good meat, um, but I really liked what you were talking about how uh, Christ was revealed. So how um, and the more we study, the more we it's uh, a vision. Um, he's more the illumination. I like what you said about the double-mindedness. Um, uh, a lot of things, the double having double vision. Um, there was quite a few things for me. Um, but really, I, when you were talking about Christ being revealed, I think also being revealed in us, the more we know who we are, you know, and um, and being able to uh, cast out those uh, those doubts and other things because we know who we are in Christ, so he has to be revealed to us. So we, we got to... You know, continue to look for him in his word. Mm-hmm. So thank you. 
Amen. You know, now thank you, Lord, for remind, reminding me of her name, Lady Elizabeth. Um, didn't mean disrespectful not to remember her name to why I said it before. Um, I believe that's her name. But she was talking about, you know, knowing who we are and being able to see, I think, um, us in the eyes or through the eyes of Christ, seeing ourselves. And so that's the whole trick of the enemy, right? So remember, he not only comes to kill, steal, and destroy, um, but we think, oftentimes about destroying or killing, rather, right? So we don't think about what he's come to destroy that has been established in us. The identity that we are gaining, I love Declare Victory. We did a whole month on identity. Go back and listen to it. Phenomenal, right? Um, The identity that's been established in us through Christ now because we're now new creatures. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are no longer who we used to be because our identity now is hidden in him, and we take on the identity of Christ, right? So he wants us, he wants us to, to forget who we are, and, and by virtue of who we are, what we have access to. Amen. Right, right. So if we forget the greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world, if we forget that I can do all things through the Lord Jesus Christ that gives me strength, if we forget that I'm more than a conqueror and an overcomer, if we forget that we are children of the Most High God, if we forget that he's our daddy and we can call him. Say it. Say it. (laughs) If we forget those things, if we forget that we are a royal priesthood, if we forget our position, that we're seated together with him in heavenly places right now, if we forget those things, then it's easy for us to walk in fear, doubt, and unbelief. If we allow him to destroy that, if we allow him to come and steal that out of our minds, we can't hold on to the peace that he promises with surpass all understanding because we are supposed to be keeping our minds stayed on him and setting our affections on things that are above. If he can get us to forget the word, if he can steal it and snatch it, just like that parable that I referenced to with the seed, which is the word of God being sown into good ground, which represents our heart. If he can come in and steal that word, then we don't have nothing to latch on to and hold on to to give us hope. At least that glorious gospel will be able to shine in our lives and in our hearts to give us hope to keep going. And not only for us, but to encourage other people. Thank you, sis. Very good. Thank you. Anybody else? Oh, there was somebody else while Krishanda was trying to say something. You were trying to speak. If you um, have anything to say, please speak. Amen. All right. So if nobody else has anything. Good morning. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's Ken. How are hey. you, Lisa? Hey, beautiful. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm well. Um, I don't generally have an opportunity to join on Saturdays because I'm usually studying, but um, I prophesied an A and I got it, so I just took a break. Anyway, um, I just... <laughs> I, I I called in a little bit late, but it was right on time because I called in when you were talking about inheritance. Mm-hmm. And the Lord has been really, really dealing with me about inheritance, I would say pretty profoundly for the last week, maybe seven days, maybe 10 days or so. 
um, it just seems like I'm I'm hearing it here, I'm hearing it there, I'm reading about it. So, you know, I just I'm looking forward to my inheritance, not just when I'm, you know, called to be go back home, but um, right here on earth. And so I really, really enjoy, you know, I love details. Um, I really, really enjoyed you breaking it, uh, breaking the, the, the story down the way that you did and delivering the word. It was very rich and wholesome for me. And uh, it's always a delight. Uh, my heart leapt when I heard your voice. I was like, oh, that's you. <laughs> so anyway, just wanted to encourage you this morning. Great job. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Praise God. Um, yeah, it's nothing like that word, right? And and you start hearing it and you be like, okay. And that's the, God already said it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um, I, I would suppose that the opposite would be true. Faith comes by hearing whatever we hear, right? And then you'll have faith in that thing. And so as a born-again believer, when we hear the Word of God, it just does something on the inside of us, and it makes us, like Dion was saying, hey, let me go check out that story because it brings up other things. And, and, and oftentimes it, it will bring agreement, um, confirmation um, for, for what God is already speaking to our spirit. Um, and the thing that had already been planted in our heart, it has something to lack on to, and it's, it's, it's equivalent, I like to make it equivalent to um, Mary and Elizabeth when they um, came into each other's presence and Jesus and John leapt in their womb, That's my, right? Like, like how did they know, right? They they were just, by the Spirit, they, they, were, they were joyful because the Word came in contact with the manifestation or the precursor of the Word that would make way for the Word. Um, <laughs> Let me explain that. The Lord Jesus Christ being the Word made flesh and the John the Baptist being the one who was going to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, for those of you that didn't know, I'm sure a lot did, but I want to make it clear. So anyway, thank you, Tan. Love you. Appreciate you, too. Um, anyone else? Hi, Sister Lisa. Hi, family. This is Pam. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. We can hear your Good joy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I enjoyed your share. Thanks, um, You know, one of the things I really, I really appreciated was um, when you shared something, I might need you to remind me um, about God will allow us our eyes to be blinded so that when our eyes are open, I don't know, he, he gets all the glory. And mm-hmm. and I've talked about it a bit over the um, this past year about how God's allowed me to see certain things you know, giving me the eyes to see. And it's interesting that we're on this month of vision, but I just, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, that um, I just got it as you were just speaking um, today. And when you just made that comment, what what was it that you said? It's something, it has something to do with God allows us, our eyes to be blinded so that he will allow us to be, allow us to see. Anyway, mm-hmm. glory to God because that is that's what He's done to me, and that is so magnificent when I see through God's eyes. So, praise mm-hmm. God, and um, thank you so much for your share. You're welcome, sis. You can reference for that particularly. I was um, using the Apostle Paul out of Acts nine. Um, and how he allowed him because he was, you know, zealous and persecuting Christians and, you know, he was good at his job. Um, he had to stop him and sit him down and almost correct his vision, if you will. 
um, his vision being completely corrected and him getting illumination and revelation wasn't done in those three days, but it was the catalyst and the starting point even for him to be connected to Anias and for Anias to lay hands on him. And while he was there being, you know, um, unable to see, we know God does work, so I believe he was being dealt with, but he didn't eat either. So so he was he had time to think. It was like being silenced and being stopped dead in his tracks so that he could have his vision corrected so that he can go in a different direction because when he his eyes were open, he was converted. He fully never went back to persecuting Christians. In fact, he suffered many persecutions because now he was one of them. And so God allowed that to be so. And why did God choose that? I don't know. I just made the the simile analogy as if, you know, sometimes and if we look back in our lives, he will stop us dead in our tracks to really get our Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If sometimes, I mean, someone could be on the call right now, um, the phone, you know, you might really be desperate to have someone pick up the call. A Mm -hmm. lot of times God allows that to happen and and you're dead in your tracks. But that's when the beauty, that's when his beauty, only God's beauty Yes, ma'am. Amen. And I love when he blocks some things. He blocks some jobs. He blocks some phone calls going through. He blocks some relationships um, that we thought we wanted. (laughs) Amen. He blocks some things. Yes, he does. And it allows us to get back on track. It's not like that GPS system. Just recalculating. I got off a little bit. Recalculating. I think 10 years somebody did, did a declaration on that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I just love how, and the thing is, if we're not able to see, we'll mistake it for him not loving us, or we'll mistake it for him not answering our prayers, or we'll mistake it for um, God's not able. And and that's a lie and a trick and a deception of the enemy to get us to not believe God. And the best thing that we have is belief of God. Look at all the people that God called his friends, that called a man after his own heart, that called even with their own issues, that he called to do great and mighty works. They all had a relationship and believed God in spite of their imperfections. And he used them mightily because they communed and talked with him and had fellowship with him. And that's why prayer is so important. And I think that's why he tries to hinder us from doing it so much. And prayer is not a simple one-way street communication. It is a dialogue where he does speak to us as well. And how does he do that? Depends on your relationship with him. It could be a still, small voice. You could see it in billboards. You might see it in nature. You might read it while you're reading the word. You might hear it in your heart. You might hear something. Who knows? He speaks through the thunders and the roaring and the waving of the leaves and through people and through, I mean, I wouldn't dare put him in a box and try to limit him, but everything I mentioned is in the word. And however he deals with us is he for me, it's not always the same way every single time. And and I'm being now opened because I see that he wants more of a relationship with me. And Thank it's not... You should again. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say it's just not for me. It's just not for me. Go ahead, sis. Uh, when you were speaking, uh, the song by Kirk Carr, God Blocked It, came 
through my mind. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, yeah, he will use anything. He will even, like, use a, a, a soap opera. Um, oh. I... I can't watch it like I used to, but I probably shouldn't be watching it anyway. But I recorded it and it came home. And the day that um, Dion was talking about we have to uh, lean, or what are we leaning on, or we need to lean in more on God. Uh, on, and then so I watched it, and one of the characters was saying that we can't uh, look into uh, to our fear. We have to lean in on our faith. And I was like, come on now, General Hospital, come on. <laughs> <You're so special. laughs> yes, I've been told. <laughs> Listen, I'll cry at a commercial if it's the right time. I okay, mean, now. <laughs> I move on my heart and make me think about something or remember something. And that's amazing how the mind works and they work congru- congruently together. Henceforth, there's a reason why we have to protect our eye gates and our ear gates and our heart gate, if you will. Remember, Deanne and other people, we've been talking about doors, and we haven't really gotten that deep into it, but we started on that as we were entering the courts, right? And we talked about doors and realms and um, entry points and trading floors and agreements. Right, right. Right, where they all lead to our inner man and affect our ability to see and lay hold to and grasp yeah, the word of God, which is really for our lives, which is really Christ made flesh. He's really the word. I mean, when I found that scripture, and, and um, because of Hebrews 10 and 7 and um, Proverbs, I believe it is, about, you know, um, lo, I come in the volume of the book and it is written of me. And I started really thinking about, you know, the Old Testament and how people say it's not necessary and how he came to fulfill that. He didn't come to do away with it, but he came to fulfill everything in it because what God establishes and decrees has to come to pass. And he don't just wipe it out, right, because he set it in order. And so Christ had to come and fulfill it or we still be trying to be bound by it. But it being concealed and it just really revealing now the newness that we have because now we're in a new covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ, part of the New Testament. And unfortunately, that liberation, because if we stand in that liberation where which Christ has made us free, then we can start experiencing. But because of the yoke of the Old Testament that a lot of people try to keep us bound by, and that's why I wanted to share that part with my heart being grieved, because so many people are listening to that dynamic speaker, and I won't say his name because I don't want to put him out there like that in a negative light, but, but they're listening, and I get it because he's dynamic and powerful, and he has the word, and he can tell you, you know, like answer all kind of questions, but, but still that yoke of bondage where I still got to have a hat on my head when I come to church. What if I don't have no hat? I got to put the doily on my head. I'm just that. So if we don't know, there's some things we won't know. There's some mysteries that will not be revealed. But we have the Holy Spirit. What we need to know, you best believe we know. He has given us everything in this life that pertains to life and godliness. He's already given to us. So that drawing in, that that drawing, going deeper, doing whatever, call it what you will, we have access. And so 
Therefore, we have to make sure that we're protecting our eye gates and ear gates and heart gates so that we don't end up with division, double vision. Amen. It's a trick of the enemy, it is. But the good news is that when we recognize it, we can deal with it before it becomes a stronghold, before it becomes a way of life, a pattern, a behavior, an addiction. Thanks, sis. I'm ready for some coffee. <laughs> Anybody else have anything before we close? Hi, Sister Lisa. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. That was such a beautiful decoration. There, there's so much there to unpack. I, I need to go back and listen to it a few times and um, study the scriptures and the stories, but the one thing that really stood out to me um, was when you talk about perspective. And, you know, depending on how we we see something, you know, we can have areas where we're kind of blinded from seeing the whole thing yeah. um, or not seeing clearly what God wants us to see. You know, as I've been going through this trial that I'm in, I realized that I've had the wrong perspective. Mm. And I was talking to a sister in Christ, and she just began to say something. You know how God can use someone. They don't know what you're going through, what you're dealing with. But as she was talking, it was like all of a sudden I had this whole different perspective about my situation. Mm -hmm. And I was able to stand upright and not to feel weighed down by it. I think that there's something wrong with me, Mm -hmm. but that God is using that situation to bring me out yeah. and to, you know, open me up to see more, you know, the mysteries of Christ. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm really grateful for you. Uh, I can tell that you really studied um, for this uh, declaration today. And, um, you know, there was just so much that you said, you know, that one uh, part of the story with uh, Elisha and Elijah and, you know, that he prayed for him to be able to see. And once he saw, he realized that, you know, they had a whole army that was so much bigger than the enemy. And, you know, that's us on a daily basis, you know, and it's being able to see spiritually. And I realized that that's what God is doing with me right now. He wants me to see my life in a spiritual way and not be in the natural and not... You know, and that's really what walking by faith is, right? And, and yeah. not by sight. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just, I'm really excited. This whole journey, you know, I've been on the call, I think, for maybe less than two months now. But um, it's all been about vision and kind of opening my eyes. And, you know, God has been just peeling back all of these layers that I didn't even know was there. And right before I um, was introduced to the call, I was in my car driving. And when I'm driving, I don't listen to the radio. Instead, I play songs on my, on my iPad and connect it to my car. Anyway, um, I'm listening to songs, and if I don't choose a playlist, it'll just play random songs. So it was playing all these random songs that were coming on, and every single song was, like, really just hitting my spirit. And God told me, create a playlist and call it I'm Coming Out. Yeah. And so... I created the playlist, and every song that had played, I added it to the playlist. And then when I named the playlist, I'm coming out, I didn't really know what I was coming out of or what 
what that all meant. And then a couple of days later, I found out about um, something that I'm dealing with that I needed to come out of, but I didn't even know that I was in. I mean, it was just, <laughs> you know, God is just something else. <laughs> oh, and so I'm like, Lord, I didn't even know that I was really in something that I needed to come out of. And, you know, it's all about how we see ourselves in our position in life and also our position in Christ. And you talk about posture, you know, and, and being in a particular posture and how God will allow us to even be blinded, you know, so that he can open up our eyes. Um, you know, and I think of Paul, you saw that story of how the Lord knocked him, you know, and he didn't necessarily, um, you know, take away his, you know, his um, uh, excitement and his um, willingness you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to be zealous, right? But he just yeah. changed his 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 perspective and his um, walk in a different direction, you know? Yeah. And I really can relate to that because I feel like that's exactly what's happening to me right now. And I, I feel kind of a little, like, shaken and, you know, off balance a little bit because, you know, when you're walking on a new path and there's so many unknowns, you can have doubts, you know? But I just keep hearing God say, trust me. <laughs> and and follow me, you know, so I'm just so grateful because today I'm going to focus on perspective and, and keeping my mind, you know, on things above and not things on the earth and just focusing on God and letting him direct me and guide me in a whole, you know, different way on a whole new level that I've never, like, you know, desired or even known that I needed to be on. So I just thank God for understanding and for and opening the eyes of my heart. That, that really spoke to me when the woman, I think she said her name was uh, Patricia. When she's saying that, I just bust out into tears, and I didn't know why I was crying. But now I realize that God is, he's, that was for me, that I need to open, that he's opening up the eyes of my heart so that I can really see clearly and, and hear him clearly. So I'm just grateful. I thank God for you. You know, I just pray that God will continue to uh, use you and use everyone on Declare Victory. I love Declare Victory. I'm like a fiend. I got to get up in the morning and listen. I'll be like, yeah. sometimes I'll be so tired, like even this morning, but I was just like, I cannot go a day without listening to Declare Victory. Not you by know? yourself. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? But I just like, it doesn't matter what's going on. I need to hear Declare Victory, okay? I really do appreciate the freedom because, you know, the enemy wants us to feel bound up and to feel mm-hmm. tied up. Yeah. And I realized that before I heard or, you know, joined the Declare Victory family, I was very tied up because I didn't trust, you know, a lot of people to open up and to kind of expose myself, even in church. You know, you kind of don't want to tell people your business because you don't know what, what people are going to do with that, you know. Um, and I just feel so free here, you know. And I know that that's the Holy Ghost. I just feel so free and so open. And I'm like, every single day I get more and more free. And, I, you know, it's, just, it's so amazing that God is so awesome that he can bring people on the phone who don't even see each other. You know, we may not be connecting physically, but we're connected in the spirit, and God is really doing yeah. something. And I'm just so excited because we're about to begin a new year, and I know that, um, you know, that 2020, that those numbers, and just the fact that it means perfect vision, it's just like everything that, you know, we've all gone through in the last decade, 
you know, God is bringing into clear focus and vision so that we can move forward. And what I know for me the most is that he is allowing me to step into who I'm really supposed to be in him yeah. and who I am in him. Mm-hmm. So thank you. And I love all of you. And I just pray that you all have a beautiful blessed day. Amen. Sis, remind us of your name, please. Denise. Denise, okay. Yeah, well, well, we know each other, kind of, sort of. Hey, two months. Listen, welcome. And we totally understand about the feeling like you just got to have it because, I mean, when you find a life source, you want to stay. That's part of that connecting and abiding. So welcome to the family. Um, And and so many people have that testimony. Um, So it's not a strange thing. But those don't don't understand the drawing of the Holy Spirit and the connections and the assignments that he has for all of us um, and preparing and teaching us and training us in a way that when you come out of religion, you can't help but to feel liberated. And and that's one of the beauties of Declare Victory, specifically the way that it started. It was a judgment-free zone just for people to pray. And Dion's on the call, and she can tell you the testimony herself. But it it was so um, liberating to be able to be transparent that it, it was exactly what I needed. And I came on like a three or four months after it started um, through one of my foundation students in, in, in a different church that totally was not, I love my church that I came from, um, but I was, I was bound. And, and I was getting sick and tired of myself. And every now and then I have to check myself because I was so doggone religious and judgmental and cynical. Um, and I hadn't even realized it. I didn't even know. And so God allowed a declared victory, a bunch of radical people who loved God and was tired of religion and wanted a real relationship and wanted to do life together. Um, he allowed that to come into my life. And he knew exactly what I needed. And I didn't know. Like you said, I didn't even know. But when I got here, I found my tribe, right? And it started to open up doors and expose me to other things. All along, I was seeking, right? And I think we're always seeking, and that's how we come across those that are able to feed and pour into our lives. So thank you, Denise, and thank you for saying that the way that you said it. It was beautiful. You said so many things. One thing that stands out is about that perception. Let me say this. Um, I'm in school right now, and I'm going to um, become a Christian counselor eventually. Um, but I, I'm on that path, and what, what I know for sure, this, this last course that I just finished, well, I have one more thing to write, um, but it talks about um, a relationship can only be as healthy as the healthiest person or as the least healthiest person in that relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And so it is really, really difficult to make good decisions from a broken and unhealthy place. I don't care what kind of decisions you make. Every decision in our life, if we are broken and unhealthy, it's really hard to make good decisions, and I'm sure everybody can attest to that, right? So it's our it's our responsibility to allow the wounds and the broken places um, that have happened to us by virtue of life. Because truth is, we are the sum total of our decisions. Everything that we've decided to do has created, you know, and given way to who we are today. All of our experiences, everything that has happened in our life makes up how we think and how we perceive a thing, right? And if we come from a broken place and we haven't realized that we need to be healed, the decisions that we'll make henceforth, I don't care, going into 2020 will be the very same exact decisions we're making from that broken, 
um, hurt, bound place. And so we have to get free. And once we start getting free, we'll start seeing the liberty. And some people are bound and don't even realize that they need to be free. And if I would say check your decisions and check where you are right now and see what kind of life choices you're making, it's an indication of how emotionally um, and spiritually and mentally healthy that we are. That was a lot, I know. I don't know if Denise was the person that was on the end of the call yesterday when we got off. This is Krishanda again. But I have to tell you, Miss Denise, I feel so much joy and excitement when I hear your voice. Honey, you are really coming out. Not, I don't know you. But you are about to bust out. Like, I'm so excited for you. I am so, I just felt joy for you when you were speaking and you felt that about your playlist. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see you right here. What's going to happen? She is about to come out. She was coming out as she was speaking. I was like, whoa, what is going to happen? I just felt great joy. So God bless you. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to see. Be encouraged. Yes, and share that, right? Because you've got some people around you that have been around you your whole life or even that have come into your life recently because they need to get free too. As you're coming out and getting free, you want to share what's helping you, right? That's the importance of sharing, and this might be their tribe. Declare victory is not for everybody, but when I tell you that people have gotten delivered and their eyes have been opened and God has used this as a vehicle for many people to start seeing things differently. And that's exactly what it is, right? While we're headed down a path, if we don't have any interruptions of anything um, other than what we see, we'll keep heading down that path. But God will send interruptions into our lives to change our thought process, and that's what the Word does. It comes into our lives by the Holy Spirit to make us think a little bit differently. Remember, repentance is just changing our mind. It helps us to see things differently, and when we come together and we're able to share, we get different perspectives based on different experiences, and then we can start being open to like, hmm, maybe the way I was thinking about that thing is wrong. And then we can start really seeing by the power of the Holy Spirit what God really intended by his word so that we can start allowing that light of the glorious gospel to shine on our hearts so that we can see God and Jesus, right, and the Holy Spirit, the three being one, in a different way. If you came from a broken home and you didn't have a father or your father was abusive, it can absolutely affect the way that you see and perceive God. So you need an interjection, an interruption into that thought process so that we can start seeing seeing God for who he really is. And that's what the enemy tries to keep from us, the truth, right? If you've never been in any good relationships and you don't know how to relate to women, then he'll try to keep you away from fellowshipping with other people. He'll try to get you out of, if your family is dysfunctional, he'll make you think the body of Christ is supposed to be that way as well. But it's not so. There is so much to this, and thank you for bringing that out about our perception and our perspective, because we just did wrong in some stuff. <laughs> Truth be told, I've just been, I've just had it wrong. This is leading and guiding me and you. All of us into truth, and he is absolutely making things clearer. And now we have the responsibility, as we're getting free, to go and help somebody else. That's and bound and they don't even know it 
And guess what? They don't even know they need it and that they want it. But when they experience it, <laughs> like Rashonda was saying, that she can hear in your voice, when we experience it, I'm not letting nobody else take me back into bondage. No thing, no person, no no, no devil of hell, none of that. I don't, I'm not doing that again. Amen. I know like Priscilla said, you know, we already did that. I don't have time to go back and, you right. know, make the same mistakes or redo, you know, things that God has already delivered me from yeah. or that he's been trying to deliver me from, but I haven't been open, you know, to hear and to receive and, and, and take the guidance that he's trying to give me. And I, that's how I feel right now. I just feel I'm so hungry, you know, for the word yeah. and just for deliverance, you know. And just for redemption, like, Lord, please help me, redeem me from all these things that I've been doing. Maybe it's a thought pattern, you know, maybe it's the way I'm eating or, you know, like, I feel like God wants to deal with the whole person, you know. Yeah. And so I'm just really grateful. And, you know, I'm like, how did I ever live before without therapy? <laughs> <laughs> right. The scales come off and you be like, what? What in the world yeah. <laughs> was I doing? Yeah, right, because there's a certain level of liberty that brings life. It brings health to our bones. It brings, like, the spirit just comes alive. There's nothing worse than being like a dead man walking. Uh, you know? It's dry, yeah. right? It's dry. Yeah. Yeah, that's a trick of the enemy. Check this out. There is now therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the Spirit. And it's real hard, y'all, to be condemned and justified at the same time. So which one is it going to be? I'm just going to settle with justification. He justified me just as if I had never done nothing wrong and placed me in right standing with God our Father. Mm -hmm. And I just received that. And that's something we lay hold to. If we do not accept the great work that Christ did for us, we count it as if it was not significant and didn't mean nothing. And we know that's not the truth. So we can see. I can see clearly now the rain is gone, but guess what? The rain is coming back and we still going to be able to see. We're still going to be able to see. Thank you so much, again, everyone, for sharing and commenting. Um, if there is nothing else, um, I um, any anybody else? Praise the Lord, saints of God. Can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. This is Sister Shantae. I just want to thank and praise God for a new day, um, for his mercies, which are new daily. Um, I'm in the car with my two kids. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and my sisters in Christ, and I just want to thank and praise God in advance for what he is about to do, what he is already doing, and what he is getting ready to do, and what he's already done. I thank and I praise God for his traveling mercy, as well as his traveling grace, as well as his legion of guardian angels that are camped amongst us, because we are on the battlefield fighting for the Lord. I just thank and I praise God once again for traveling mercy, um, for allowing us to make it safely from Sacramento to Richmond, California, in Jesus' name. Please be encouraged, saints of the Lord, and just remember that God is for us and nobody could be against us. He said one can chase a thousand, but two can chase ten thousand. And he also said that a three-quart strand is not easily broken. Be blessed, saints. Have a blessed day. Hallelujah. So you be blessed, too, and be safe, sis. And we thank God 
for peace that surpasses all understanding. We thank God for the word that's right. And we thank God for not only hearing the word, but doing it, God, and for believing the word that it saturates and that it permeates our heart, that we're able to stand on it like a firm foundation, God. And we thank you for the matter being settled forever, whatever it is. God, we thank you for newness of life. We thank you that you are opening up the eyes of our understanding. We thank you that you are speaking even now to our spirits and you're giving us comfort and you're settling the matter, God. You're giving us rest in you. And I thank you that while rest does not mean we're not still working and we're not still doing what you told us to do, but God, while we do it now, we'll have our eyes wide open and we'll be able to see your hand at work in all of our lives. We thank you, Father, that you've called and appointed us for such a time as this. It's not because of our goodness or any greatness on our own part. For plenty of people much more smarter than us, much more intelligent than us, much more disciplined and much more obedient than us have gone on. So, God, we're still here, and there's a work for us to do. And, God, we lean not to our own understanding, but in every single way we want to acknowledge you because we don't want to miss it and we don't want to get it wrong and we don't want to get off track and we don't have time to waste. So, Father, we thank you that we set our faces like a flint towards you without, God, looking to the left or right. And while we're on the wall to continue to build, Father, we'll have our weapon in our hand while we're building. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. I pray for Shantae, Father. I thank you for whatever may be going on in her life, God, as she encourages others, that you would encourage her heart right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. I say it again that the matter is settled. Father, we bless you and we praise you, God. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, for all of our Declare Victory family, for Dion, and for everyone that's doing the work behind the scenes, that we would continue to press and continue to go and continue to be all that you've already called us and created, that we would be already written about us, God, that we would just step up to the plate and allow the world to see your glory in and through us, to allow the world to see that you are still sovereign and in control, to allow the world to see that if you don't deliver, it's not because you can't. Father, that we would be able to be steadfast and unmovable, God. And even in the times where it has been shaken, God, our foundation has been shaken, you declared that it is a firm rock and a solid rock, and it will not break. So, God, sometimes we might just have to lay down on it, but I thank you that you are able to keep us from falling. And even when it looks like we're falling, God, I thank you that you have a rock bottom there, that sometimes you will allow the trials and tribulations to come into our lives, just like the potter and the clay. You have to take down the clay and rebuild it up, God, because it got marred. It got got, got some kind of crack in it, Father, but you're able to build it back up and to bring it out to be something beautiful and that we're right smack dab in the palm of your hands. God, thank you. Thank you, God, that when you hold us up to the light, God, we'll shine forth, God, as pure gold. We thank you that you're removing the dross out of our lives. You're conforming and transforming us to the image of your son. And sometimes that transformation hurts. But, God, I thank you that none of this, none of the pain we experience, none of the stuff that we go through is wasted. 
the enemy meant it for bad, but God, you meant it for good, and you will get some glory out of our lives. So I thank you, and I bless you. I bless your people, and I thank you for them. I pray that you bind us together in love, that you help us to have our eyes of our hearts enlightened and open to your glorious glory, and that you would shine on us in a way that we might not only see ourselves, but that we would see people the way that you do. And that love would be the thing that would guard everything that we do and say. In Jesus' name, we bless you and pray. Amen. And thank you, God. Love you all. Have a wonderful Sunday service tomorrow. And we'll talk again on Monday if the Lord says the same. Thank you all for calling in and bless you all. Bye. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, everybody.